Welcome back to... Did you bring me a monkey? I'm at my office right now. My love, my wonderful little wife, my beauty. And I thought I'm going to try and work with some type of format. So we're going to start with uh, a Bible verse. And I think uh, today's the title of today's uh, podcast is going to be I Dropped the Ball. Because that's one of your favorite sayings. And you even told me today that you wish you could carry me around all all the time so I could just talk you down. And uh, I, I'm trying to get as many podcast episodes as possible so you could be able to listen to all of them straight through work, if that's even possible. I'm sure you can't do this during therapy. Um, but uh, or maybe you should. Maybe you should just play my voice during your therapy sessions and translate. And then your clients will know that you're married to a crazy person. So let's start off with some Bible verses on messing up. I've been doing a little bit of research on it. And uh, I found some Bible verses on uh, feeling down in the dumps because uh, just verses on redemption, which I think you need to hear <clears throat> and hear over and over again. First one uh, I saw and I googled it, so don't think I'm some great theologian. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, and it states, Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love this word. Oh, excuse me. I don't want to talk about the commentary. Um, the next one is uh, Genesis three twenty-one. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Uh, wait, why? why did someone put that there? I don't know why. That's a redemption verse. Hang on one second. I'm just reading through. I'm kind of playing this by ear because uh, it's kind of hard to plan these. But I will start playing these a little, lot better, so I apologize. Philippians three thirteen through 14. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's a great one. Um, you like to say that you drop the ball a lot. And I don't know why um, that's even a big deal because I'm trying to think of sports where dropping the ball is bad. And I think the only one is football. And I guess that makes sense. You do love football. I keep thinking about basketball, baseball, and soccer. And uh, even rugby, you could drop the ball. But football, you kind of really can't. Maybe we could think about this phrase, dropping the ball, a little bit further. And in my experience, and I've only watched football, i never played football, it's okay to drop the ball, just scramble around and jump on it and fall on the ball. Kind of like that scene from Multiplicity where there, it's the Pop Warner, and they, the kids keep kicking the ball, and the coach says, don't kick it. Fall on the ball. So, I think your language is really interesting that you drop the ball. Dropping the ball isn't a bad thing. Uh, like I said earlier, so long as you don't murder our children, I think you're doing amazing. Especially with so many children back to back to back to back. So, every time you want to say I drop the ball, just realize this. It's fine. Um, we're going to get through it. And just fall on it. And really fall on Christ Jesus. And know that uh, 
Just the fact that you're upset means that you're pressing on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. Another one is 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And uh, verses, verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 1, same for Sean. My dear children, I write this to you so you, you will not sin. Again, I need to research these verses more. I don't know why he put that one. But the fact that you even say all the things you did wrong, well, not all the things, but some of the things that just tip you over the edge, it tells me that you're confessing whatever sin you might be doing, even though messing up isn't really a sin. Um, like, you forgot that your union meeting was on Monday instead of Tuesday. That's not really a sin. You just messed up. And you really, you were really hard on yourself today. And frankly, I got a great kick out of the sign being tilted. And I think we're always going to have a great kick out of it every time we go to the Bladium. Because it's not like they're going to just fix it overnight. I'd love to wonder how long it's going to take them to, to figure out that it's um, <laughs> like the Sesame Street song. One of these... Three is not like the other, or one of these, one or two, or anyways, you get it. Um, so, I'm, I'm kind of. Let's just think it's hilarious and and wonder how long it takes them. Like I said, it puts a lot of personality to that place because it seemed kind of cold and unwelcoming. Let's see if there's any other. And then the final verse is Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So those are the verses I think we're going to deal with today about you dropping the ball. And I think, I, I wish I could be around you all day long and every time your mind went to like, for lack of a better term, the crazy switch, I wish I could be there to say, shh, 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 no, no, shh, it's fine. It's going to be fine. You're okay. I love you. You're good enough for me. You're really better than me. But but just shh. Shh. And I wish you could hear me just saying that shh. You're, you're okay. You're okay, Bonnie. It's, it's gonna... You're gonna get through this. Um, this is a first world problem. Or... This is a problem that the kids didn't notice. Or this is a problem that your work didn't notice. Or if this is a problem that affects me, I don't care. Uh, and if this is a problem that affects your extended family, your mom, your sisters, they're going to get over it. Because in the grand scheme of things, if they don't get over whatever mistakes you made, it's on them and not you. It's on them to have grace. Uh, because nobody's perfect except Christ Jesus. So what am I going to talk to you about today? Well, what was my day like? It's Tuesday. I've been working since about 9 o'clock. Again, you were a rock star this morning and got all the kids ready. All I did was run downstairs and make sandwiches for them. You got them all to school. Uh, I don't even know if you got them there on time, but you got them there. So that's amazing. I was up part of the night with Caleb, and I'm sure you were part up some of the night too because you woke up kind of upset, which is justified. And again, amazing. You didn't kill him. 
And I think that's just, that speaks to the character that you are. I think a lot of people, based on all the stuff we go through, probably would have killed one of the kids by now. Praise God that I'm married to you and not someone else. Uh, I've been working all day. I've been working like a madman. I bought a overcoat for for my suits today. Um, sorry, I kind of splurged on that, but I got a really great deal at Macy's. Um, hung out with Stuart for just a little bit, and then he went home, and then I went back to work. Um, it was great going to Lydia's first soccer practice, and I know you're upset about missing a lot of it, but basically, let me explain what it was. Lydia was prancing around, kind of like a deer, or like, kind of like Feline from Bambi, just prancing around, and maybe she kicked the ball, and but <clears throat> that wasn't what I was worried about, and the same thing with you. I was worried about her acceptance with these girls, and she had a blast, and all the girls were great to her, and when she was leaving, all the, like almost all the girls said, Lydia, I'll see you next week. I'll see you, and Lydia's like, okay. So she made some friends, and yes, there's two Lydias on, in, the, in the group, but so what? Uh, she'll get over it. It's not gonna be, she's not going to follow this other Lydia for the rest of her life. And even if she does, Lydia will be the better one. Who cares? It just means that a group of parents had just as good um, uh, choice of choosing names for their daughters as we did. So really, we have a lot in common with them. And maybe they're Christians. That's great. Or maybe they're crazy and love purple as much as you do. Because of all your problems, I think the only problem you have is you love purple way too much. Like, I've let Star Wars take a back seat. Um, but in a way, I, I am kind of an enabler. I could have put my foot down on painting our house purple, but I actually kind of like sticking out. So what do we talk about today for today's podcast titled Drop the Ball? Well, when I, whenever I hear the phrase drop the ball, I always think of dropped the chicken, which is what your dad did when I met him. Now, we were not dating at the time. We were friends, and you know the story probably as well as I do. But you wanted me to come over and meet your family, and it was very awkward for me because you're dating someone else. And going over there seemed really... It, it felt like I was an interloper, and that's something I, I have a lot of struggles and issues with. I don't ever want to feel like an interloper. Whenever there's someone new, I always want to include them. That's why when that little boy Felix started at... Otis, I, I took Lydia aside for a, for a few times and said, listen, you need to make friends with this new kid because it's hard. And anyways, completely digressing. But I was really nervous about meeting your family because they I'm sure they all knew that I liked you. And I'm sure they all knew that I had no chance. <laughs> and I don't know if your brother or sister thought that, but... The way you described your dad was being a six foot four, you know, construction worker. That didn't really intimidate me as much as when the way you described your mom. That intimidated me. Height has never intimidated me since I was very little. My dad always took me aside, knowing his son, me, was always going to be the shortest. He always said size doesn't matter, doesn't, and it really doesn't to me, and it really never has. But the way your mom was described by you is like a force of nature, like. I, I can't describe it, but my dad took me aside, 
And it felt a little condescending before I left because I was taught these things when I was like seven. But he took me aside and he said, make sure you shake his hand, look him in the eye, say, nice to meet you. Like all these things he told me at the age of 16. It just felt like, really, Dad, do you have to tell me this? I know it. Firm handshake, look in the eye, you know, be respectful. These things are almost innate being raised by a former Marine. You kind of, it's like the law of the land. <laughs> but anyways, he told me it, and and my mom said, eat all the food on your plate, because evidently that was an issue. I never really ate all the food on my plate, and my whole family always told me it's rude not to eat everything, knowing full well that my appetite was like that of like a bird. So I drive over there, and just like last episode, <laughs> when I was mentioning it, I went the opposite way, and so after a while I finally figured out you're on the other side of Paseo Grande, and I get there, and I'm a little nervous, and your dad opens the door, big guy, he opens the door, and he's got a piece of chicken, and he drops it, and he's like, oh, oops, <laughs> and he like laughs and picks it up, and I put my hand out, and your dad's not, I don't think he's used to that still, <laughs> I mean, he's come around, and I shake his hand, it's a pleasure to meet you, and all that, so he's like, come on in! Your brother and sister were running around. I'm pretty sure Daniel was there. And you came and you're like, oh, so excited, George. So we're talking and we're on the couch in the front room. Not a couch. I, maybe it went down there. There's a bunch of chairs or something. So I'm there. I'm talking. I don't know what we're talking about. But most of the time we were there, you were planning a trip to Great America over the phone with Paul. And some other friends. And I think Jen was there too. Um, Daniel's sister, Jen Wilgarn. Um, so really, I was kind of like just quiet. And you didn't invite me to Grand America. And I kind of didn't want to be invited. Because I didn't want to be some third wheel. Like, yeah, I get it. I like you. And all this stuff. So, then your mom comes in. After hanging out with, I think, Nana or something. She calls everybody off it. You explained this to me before, something from her hairstyling days or something. She's like, hey, little Ovid, Ovid 1, Ovid 2, you know. And she meets me, and she's very nice. And so then we go to the dinner table, which blows my mind, because your dad plopped a gallon of milk on the, on the table. Everybody, your brother and sister fought over who was going to sit next to your mom, or who was going to sit where. I think Sarah wanted to sit next to your mom, and your brother kind of didn't. I don't know. It, it was one hell of a... Like, huge fight, which I've never experienced at the dinner table. The more I, like, experience your family, the more I realize my family were, like, really uptight about dinner. And there was no, like, screaming or fighting. Anyways. So we finally, we sit down. Then your dad toasts what I think was a half loaf of white bread. Puts it on the table. And people tear into it. I, I grabbed just a little bit of food. I forget what, I'm pretty sure it was fried chicken. And we eat. You guys took the gallon completely gone. It was gone. And I'm like, throughout the meal, I'm just thinking, everybody's drank like two huge glasses of milk. Everyone. And I had half a cup, and I'm trying to choke it down, but milk is disgusting to me. It kind of still is. Um, and it just it just blew my mind how, how, how like, your, guy, your family's eating habits. And you guys are healthy, so I'm not bashing that, but... But I remember I, I, then I had to leave, and, you know, I said it was nice to meet everyone, and, and that was that. And I left, and I think 
a month later, maybe not even a month, a few weeks later, we went to prom, which I'll save that for another time. But that was always a really, that was a dinner I'll never forget. And not that your brother or sister fought, because of course that's normal. But just, it, it, was, it was a nice introduction to your family. And it was a very well-represented introduction to your family. Your dad being, your dad just nice, and your brother being intense, and your sister also being intense. And your mom, your mom asked me a lot of questions when I answered them all. Because I'm, I think I'm good with parents. I don't know. I don't remember what she asked. Maybe like the general. How long have you lived in San Lorenzo? And you know, I think I'm sure we talked about my job as a bagger. Because um, I think I was, yeah, I was working by that time. Was I? Yeah. No, I had to be. So that was me at your house. And right now, I'm going through a tough spot because I messed up a bunch of deeds on a trust administration case. And the CPA I know sent me an email saying, wow, I'm really not impressed by your work on this. And uh, so I'm dealing with that. But you know, I realize, you know what, what's done is done. I'm sorry to like change the subject, but that, that's on my mind right now. But like, there's nothing I really could do to fix it. And, you know, I, I work late and I miss stuff. And there's no excuse, but, but you know, I'm going to get over it because it's out of my hands now. I can't turn back the clock. And, uh, again, it's a mess up. It's not like I destroyed someone's life. You know, uh, I should probably be getting going soon because I'm doing the career day tomorrow. And thank you again for taking George, Lydia, and Kiki to school so I could go gallivant. And talk about my career. Now I have to. Oh my! Now I have to realize what I do for a living is boring to middle schoolers. So I'm gonna have to dress it up a little bit. I wonder what I could say to them. So I don't know what we what I could talk about now. I'm only 18 minutes in. I wonder what song I'm gonna end on this. But I think I'm gonna end on a couple funny quotes. Maybe if you're listening to this, you can consider. These, these quotes. Let me turn it up. Did you bring me a monkey? And let's see, what else? Why don't you listen to this one? Let's roll, man. I'm done with the woods. Let's go. Come on, man. Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay, uh, let's go. No, it's not working. The battery's dead. Wait. What do you mean it's dead? What do I mean? The bat- I mean, the battery's dead. We love- The battery's dead. What do you mean the battery's dead? How can I explain this to you differently? The battery is dead. It ceased to live. It's deceased now. The car needs a battery to start, Saul. Well, do you remember where he lives? Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay, okay. The car just Just committed suicide. Shut up, man. I know how much you love that scene. It's so funny. I've never heard you laugh so loud after that. Um, I love hearing you laugh really loud. Brings me joy. So, I think my my phone is at 52%. And I think it would be really funny if it actually turned off because it's bored from listening to me. But let me wrap this up by saying I love you. 
you're good enough. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, I mean, look at Peter. Look at all the mistakes he made. He made three huge mistakes. Huge. He betrayed Christ. When what do we do? What did you do? You forgot something. What did I do? I messed up some deeds, but just the numbers were wrong, um, which isn't going to really cause any problems. Uh, maybe you forgot something. Maybe you yelled at a kid, and you feel bad about that. Kids are resilient. They're going to get over it. They know that you're loving, and, and you're there. Um, so... There's nothing you could do to pull yourself away from God's grace. And nobody's perfect. That's the whole point of God's grace. And I love you with my everything, with my core. Just every cell in my body loves you. And even the bacteria, because I think we're more bacteria than cells. Even that loves you. It just radiates and, and permeates and just encapsulates you, Bonnie Merritt, as... My is my love, and I want you to know that. There's nothing you can do that would make me love you any less. I'm sure I'm going to get frustrated with you. I'm sure I'm going to dedicate an entire podcast to keys. That's going to happen. But everybody messes up, and I lose keys as well, and I drop the ball. And what can we do? It's not that we mess up, it's how we deal with it when we mess up. And I don't think it's particularly godly to beat yourself up because there are really, we could boil down Satan into two, into saying two things to us. And one of them is temptation. One of the, the two lies Satan really tells us is, um, you should do it, it's not a big deal. And I don't think you have a problem so much with temptation unless it's TV. And even then, it's not really a sin to watch TV. You're just watching it late and you're exhausted in the morning. I don't think that's a sin. Um, so I don't see you being sinfully tempted. But the second thing Satan says is, Oh, what happened was a big deal. And, he, and that turns to anger and rage, and sadness, and really what it is is guilt. And guilt has no place in the kingdom. And the point is just to keep going forward towards the goal. And I know you're going to do that, and I've known you for two decades. And I've seen you do that all the time. And right now, you're in a rut, and I don't know what that rut is. Maybe it's me not being a good leader. Maybe it's me working really late. I don't know what it is but I want to get to the bottom of it because I hate seeing you in agony. I mean, I wouldn't equate it to a man watching his wife die of cancer, but I am, I am watching you suffer, and it breaks my heart. I don't want you to feel guilty over that, but I want you to know that my heart cries out for some type of healing. And the only person that can really do that is God, not you, Maybe God can work through your therapist and you guys can work through it together. I'm sure it's a multifaceted issue you're going through. And I just want you to know I love you. And uh, I'm going to be saying that over and over again. And next time you think you dropped the ball or messed up, I want you to hear this, shh, shh, no, 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 shh, you're okay. Everything's going to be okay. 
this is a first world problem. Or the kids are going to get over whatever you said. Or I'm going to get over whatever you did or didn't do. Or, and your work is going to get over that. You're going to be able to fix that. And let's say you're not going to be able to fix it. And your job fires you. We're going to find another job. And things are going to be okay. Because 50 years from now, I'm going to be on my deathbed maybe. And we're going to be looking at each other. And I'm not going to think about that time you uh, forgot that the union meeting was on a Monday. I might remember the stop sign you almost killed. But that's great. Like, I want to drive by that. <laughs> I just want to drive through that parking lot from now on. So I go there to sometimes get the two younger ones to, to nap. I think that's going to be my new route, is to drive in that parking lot. Usually I avoid that whole area. Not anymore. So now, now we have uh, a landmark uh, in this town, and I'm very proud that we do. So this is me, your husband George, saying I love you, signing off. And enjoy the song. Somewhere in the sands of time, but I watch the world float to the dark side of the moon. I feel there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I watch the world float to the dark side of the moon. After all, I knew it had to be something to do with you I really don't mind what happens now and then As long as you'll be my friend at the end If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive and well, will you be there holding my hand? I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman Put you back on the side